What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Siege Mentality Podcast, episode number 20. I promised this episode last week, but you know what? I decided to watch some more tape, so we moved it back a week. Knew Ricky was going to be out today anyway, so it was a perfect time to bring on my man of FantasyGuru.com, Russell Clay. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? The world is in chaos, but we are here to talk college football today. We are. We are talking <laughs> NFL draft. We are talking uh, college football. Taking This is not going to be super, super, super in-depth. Um, we are going to have a whole series on FantasyGuru.com, talking about all the rookies, talking about fantasy impacts and all that. But this is kind of more of a, just a primer, just kind of, of those top-level skill guys at every position. I'm not even sure we'll get through every position. We'll see how far we get. <laughs> Because I know that you and I can start talking, and that could be the end of that. So we have a goal to get through all the skill positions. We'll see if it happens. Um, I guess we should start a quarterback, huh? Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, we'll try to keep this under three hours, right? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I think we'll be successful. Um Especially because uh, uh, we were talking pre-show, and I found out that you you actually don't like a player that I, I am way lower than the consensus on as well. So uh, it, it won't be well, at least we won't be fighting on that one. Look, I I, we, I guess we have to start with the guy who will go number one overall. It, it's a mortal lock. I've actually seen like him be like only like minus ten hundred on some sites, and I'm just like this should be minus a hundred thousand. Like Trevor Lawrence should just literally go in a bubble in his house and not move. Maybe work out a little bit and don't leave the house until the draft. Like, he's going first. He's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's good. He's really good. He's really, really good. I don't think there's really much to say about him other than the fact that we have to cover him. Yeah, 6'6, 220, uh, carried Clemson to the national championship as a true freshman. After that, it was kind of over for me. I'm like, all right, this guy's going to be, you know, number one overall when he comes out. And. There's nothing really to debate. I mean, he did have a few more mistakes this year, but um, he wasn't working with much, actually. Uh, even though he was at Clemson, they kind of lost their top receiver before the year, Justin Ross. And then their uh, sophomore, Joe Nada, was out. So he was kind of just working with, you know, I mean, it's still Clemson, so they have good players, but uh, it wasn't um, what he was used to. So still made it to the 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 playoff um no real concerns here at all for me i'm in yeah i mean basically urban meyer got lured out of retirement because he's like well i can have trevor lawrence and right. all these pass catchers and i get to coach in florida probably a sweet gig make a bunch of millions of dollars doing it so he's going to be fantastic I, I don't think anyone thinks that he's not going to be i think it's his biggest slam dunk at quarterback since andrew luck where everyone's like yeah he's gonna go first and he'll be good that's that same range for me uh you know obviously i've been doing this for a little while but luck is really the only guy i can think of that's on that same tier you can nitpick about who's better there but um he's right there and that's that's really what matters you just lock that in you eat that chalk and uh you know there's inevitably gonna be that article or that person that comes with the the swerve but i don't think that's the player to do it with (laughs) Yeah, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next quarterback on your board. I, I Let me rephrase that. You did rank these in your order, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so you have Justin Fields second here out of Ohio State, obviously. It's funny. Like, it's people want to move Justin Fields down, and I'm not quite sure why. Like, it's not like he had this great supporting cast at Ohio State all year. Like, yeah, they had a lot of talent, but they were in and out of the lineup. Um, COVID, very limited practice situations. Week in, week out, he clearly was hurt in that semifinal game. The fact he even was alive for the second half comeback was incredible. I thought he was done. I don't know. I think this is a lot of overreaction from people. Like, yeah, he's a little he's a little smaller than you might want, but as he showed, he's certainly not lacking in the toughness category. Yeah, he has a lot of qualities you want to see, especially in this this sort of new version of the NFL that's kind of based on a lot of quarterback athleticism now. So especially for fantasy, I mean, there's no reason for us to move off fields. Even if he doesn't end up being a great passer, that fantasy value is going to be there just from his ability, you know, to maneuver around the goal line and and, and get rushing yards. So, um, you know, we'll see. He may have issues, you know, carrying his offense, 
with uh, potential limitations as a passer. But I think he's actually got a pretty high floor uh, compared to some of these other guys. Yeah, so um, Justin Fields is not my second quarterback. Um, I, mm. I, I, I am on Trey Lance Island. Um, I think that this is an overreaction by the field, but Justin Fields is right behind him at number three for me. Just like you said, I, I think that people are going to find ways to knock him in the whole pre-draft process. Um, bluntly, I think it's by some team in the middle of the, the middle of the first round that would like to see him fall outside of the top 10 or towards the bottom of that top 10 where they can go up and get him. Um, there's a bunch of teams in that range. You know, the Patriots probably won't do it, but certainly a team in that list. Um, I, I think you're going to see, I think that teams that are drafting that don't want to pay the premium to go all the way in the top five, I think Fields is the one that they're going to try to knock down because I don't think any of the other guys are going to fall. Fields could fall if you just keep attacking him over and over and over again in the media. Correct. And so my scope is is nailed in on Carolina right now. I'd love for him to fall there or Denver or something like something goofy like that you're talking about. If he drops, it actually could be much better for his career. Yeah, I don't think Denver's going to get a new quarterback. I, I, I think that they're pretty married. Mm. I, I think they're married to Drew Locke. Um, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted something out like week 16 or something about Drew Locke's improvement, and he's pretty well tuned into the Denver situation. I took that as a sign that they don't want to. I wish they would get rid of their coaching staff. They're so bad. They're so bad. Vance Joseph and Pat Shermer, like, they ran the second most on second and 10. And I'm like, you're setting up any quarterback to failure if you're running on second and 10 at the second highest rate in the NFL. Um, I think they're going to go in a different direction. Uh, I think they'll go probably offensive linemen or, or defensive uh, secondary help. But, um, yeah. The thing is, their team's, their team's pretty ready to win now. And, you know, Locke has the supporting cast to support him with Judy, Sutton, Fant, Gordon. Like, you know, he can do it. But I, I just am curious how that goes this offseason. I just really wish they had an offensive play call to be like, hey, here's an idea. Shotgun. Let's spread it out. Yeah. If you drafted all these hard. weapons, like – let's go right mm -hmm. but they won't do that they'll run the ball on first down they'll run the ball on second down people will be surprised when drew lock tries to force it into a tight window on third down because it's the only time he's had a pass in the first two downs and etc etc uh, but teams like the 49ers the vikings mm -hmm. could even be a sleeper quarterback kirk cousins contract is not great and it's uh, not a long-term solution there the patriots we talked about the raiders have a decision to make on Derek carr this offseason the Dolphins, if they don't take one at three, could be in the market here. So a ton of these teams in the teens, I think, are going to kind of hope that Fields drops. But I don't really think he should. But um, we'll see what happens. Um, anything else about Justin Fields you want to mention? No. All right, let's get to Trey Lance. I love <laughs> Trey Lance. Um, uh, coming out of North Dakota State, only played one game this season that they basically played just to give him kind of a, an opportunity to remind people who he is. Honestly, I think he probably would have been better off just sitting out the whole year. But whatever. Um, what That was probably his worst game as a starter, you would say? Oh, um, yeah. I, it, for those that don't know, he threw 28 touchdowns last year, zero interceptions, ran for 1,000, 1,100 rushing yards, and I forget, like 10 touchdowns. So 14, I think, right? 14 touchdowns. So... This guy, he is in a lower division, but we've seen with Carson Wentz already just a few years ago, Joe Flacco a couple years ago as well. I guess it's more than a decade now, but teams are willing to dive into that pool if they think a guy has it. And I, it looks like he has everything you'd want. And uh, we'll get into the next guy in a bit, but of this, the non-Power 5 guys, this would be the one I, I, I would target. Yeah, I just don't understand what there's not to like. First of all, North Dakota State is probably better than, like, 25 to 30% at least of the FBS Power Conference teams. Like, they go and play teams every year, and they win every year because they're really good. Um, Lance was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He wasn't, like, a complete nobody. And people are going to be like, oh, Carson Wentz washed out in the NFL. Like, it was just a mirage. It was a fluke. No, what happened is he had broke his back. The bottom is back. It's the same injury Tony Romo had that ended Tony Romo's career. Back injuries, when you break your back, you're done. And I don't know why the media just gives these guys like, oh, look, he's just terrible now. No, he just broke his back. Like, it sucks that he did it at a young age, but I'm not going to hold that against Carson Wentz or Trey Lance because that injury has been a death blow to every quarterback that's had it, no matter what. 
Yeah, Wentz, we saw him be good. Um, we've, we have proof he's, he can be a good NFL quarterback. The injuries also, that knee injury, I believe he tore his ACL um, as well. So he just had, you know, that's what happens. We saw this with Sam Bradford too. It didn't matter how talented he was. He just had seven knee injuries and his career was over. So, yeah, that's a that's an N.A. for that draft result. Yeah, uh, totally agree. And Trey Lance, too, like, he committed to North, North Dakota State early, but he he had offers at the Division One level. Like, he had an offer from Boise, and he really was never really on the market. He committed pretty early on in the process. So um, I, I think people are definitely going to hold that against him uh, for reasons that I really just don't think they should. Um, I mean, again, mobile, strong arm, can make all the throws, um, has actually, like, had experience with – pressure in the pocket he's not just going to run out the first sign of pressure stand in make good throws i look is he a little bit more raw than some of these other guys sure but if you're asking me who has the highest ceiling outside of trevor lawrence i would say trey lance because if he can do what he did at north dakota state anything sort of close to that level in the nfl he's gonna be josh allen and maybe a more mobile version of josh allen and uh, I think he's got more accuracy than Josh Allen. It might be even an insult to Trey Lance to call him Josh Allen. Yeah, I think the time the time discount is kind of what's priced in right now, where we haven't really seen him for a year. We've seen that with quite a few of these opt-outs. He was basically an opt-out. People forget. Um, you know, that's that's been a constant theme of the NFL draft over the years. Your final season determines a lot for where you get drafted. And if you don't have one, I mean – We'll see, but um, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, he, he's. I, I think I did a Twitter poll like in the um, in like December, like you know, name the five quarterbacks you'd want to have for like the next seven years on your team. And I remember I, that. Yep. I had Trey Lance over Deshaun Watson, and I got to be honest, I my opinion has not changed. Um, I, I just wow. Okay. I, I, I'm not a Deshaun Watson guy, um, but. I mean, I know that's a razor hot take. I just, to me, Deshaun Watson is a nice stats guy on a losing team. And I'm not sure this, that whoever he gets traded to is going to change that unless it's the Dolphins. This is where we'll diverge for the first time. I, I, I'll i I'll disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure the rest of the world does. Like, just find me the time that he actually led his team to a win, that they were an underdog in. Just find me one. That's all I want. You can't do it. Like, he just plays to the level of his opposition every single time. And, you can blame it on Bill O'Brien, and you can blame it on that for now. But when if he goes to the next destination and it's not the Dolphins, like if he gets stuck in the Jets, he's going to be bad. Like the Jets are going to be bad. Um, if he gets goes to the Colts, I'm not sure he's going to kind of you – know, first of all, they're not going to trade him in the division. So it's like the 49ers would be a nice spot for him, I guess. But I don't know. I just I, – like he did it in college, He but in the NFL, it's just like he just hasn't ever beat a team that he's supposed to like not beat. I don't know. Could be wrong. He's really talented, obviously, but they feasted on some some bad. Their division was really bad for a while, so I don't know. Um, I'm a Watson guy, so you're not going to get me to jump onto this uh, situation with you. But yeah, okay, I'll let you have it. I mean, we'll see. It's it's a hot take for sure. I just (laughs) I just really like Trey Lance, and I'll take my shot. Like if I was starting a team, I I would want him. Um, If he's not going to fall outside the top ten. Um, unfortunately, I think teams are going to realize it unless the process goes bad. Dream spot for him would probably be Atlanta, but I'm not sure that they're going to mm. take a quarterback. It sounds like that they want to use run out the clock on Matt Ryan first and kind of try to win now. Uh, but, you know, would be a good fit in Carolina. You mentioned Carolina. That would be a nice fit for him. Um, if they don't trade Kenny Galladay, I wouldn't mind Detroit. Uh, either for him, so um, I I don't think he's going to get below the Panthers at eight. That's I think that's kind of where his floor is right now. Oh, I agree. I think we see three in the top ten, maybe maybe get into that four range, but three for sure. Yeah, um, a lot of people are going to have a different uh, top three than we do. Um, let's go to the guy that we have not talked about yet that a lot of people have uh, in this tier, and that would be Zach Wilson out of BYU. I'll let you go first because, you know, I thought I was going to be the Zach Wilson hater, but it sounds like you're kind of on board with me. You don't think he's as good as people think right now. 
So I'm going to lay out the the full case here, and then you can kind of dive in. Um, in terms of, again, non-Power 5 uh, quarterbacks that have been drafted in the first round over the last two decades, we're, we're really looking at uh, some ugly choices. Obviously, we have Josh Allen out of Wyoming. We have Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio. But uh, the rest of the list is, uh, is pretty gross. Um, you know, David Carr, Blake Bortles, Byron Leftwich, um, J.P. Lossman, Paxton Lynch, Jordan Love, Patrick, Patrick Ramsey. Um, you know, we got some Chad Pennington and Joe Flacco in there as well. So pretty even mix, but like people are going to want to do the Joe Burrow comparison because Wilson broke out in his final year in a really big way. But Joe Burrow was in LSU playing the best defenses in the country, you know, in, in the national championship going off. And Zach Wilson was not playing against that level of competition at all. Um, and, you know, you can kind of get into what you saw, you know, watching film and such. But it, it's a much more questionable prospect than I would like a slam dunk top 10 pick is what he's being hyped as right now. I kind of see him as, you know, uh, in a, in a, if he's just prospect X, I would kind of see him as a, a late first to early second round guy. Kind of like, I kind of see a little Derek Carr in him. So that's, that's where I'm at. He's, he's fine, but I won't be buying at all. Um, you know, in this market. So, um, what do you got? Yeah. I, I to me, I think the only thing that I would like about the Joe Burrow comparison is that Joe Burrow had the same question mark I have with Zach Wilson and that he never yeah. felt with pressure in the pocket. And we saw that Joe Burrow the first four weeks, he struggled. Like, until he played the Browns. Maybe that was week three. But first few weeks, he really struggled because there was pressure up the middle and the guys weren't as open as they were in college. But you could see him make those improvements week over week because he had that, that talent, right? He's really good. Here's the problem with Zach Wilson doing it, right? He's got the same problem. He, there's no tape of him with any pressure up the middle. None. Zero. And, like, any time that, like, someone came within, like, 10 yards of him, he's trying to run out of the pocket. And that is just hard to unteach. Like, if your instinct is flight over fight, that's always going to be a red flag for me. Um, you know, and, and the throws, like, he's got good throws on tape. Like, he certainly does, um, obviously. But... I don't know. Like, it didn't feel like when Joe Burrow had no pressure, it was, you know, a perfect ball down the sideline for a touchdown. When he does it, he's throwing it a little behind, like, Gunnar Romney, and it's a nice pass, but you're like, that probably should be a touchdown. Um, I, I'm worried about the pressure at the next level. I'm worried about the decision making. The Coastal Carolina tape was just atrocious to watch. Um, that was the first game where I really saw, like, these red flags pop up. And at the end of the day, like, that was their biggest game this season, and he completely no-showed until it was over. Like, completely no-showed. Um, yeah, the game was made on three days, but it doesn't matter. You should beat Coastal Carolina, period. End of conversation. Um, and for me, you know, it's definitely one of those things that's a little bit interesting. Also, too, um, just to note, like, he's Mormon, and he has not done his mission yet, and he hasn't said that if, whether he's going to or not. You have to have know full well that he's not just going to peace out for two years after his rookie year, right? That's why we never have to deal with BYU quarterbacks in, in this high because they normally are older or it, because, you know, they, they've went on their mission. He hasn't yet. Um, is he not going to do that? I mean, I would certainly hope so at this point. Like, I think that's kind of, if you're going to go in the top 10, you probably have to push it off. But, I mean, I don't know that for sure. Um, he could change his mind, too for that matter, right? You could say he's not going to sign that contract and then peace out for two years. So, I don't know. I, I, I worry about the pressure in the pocket. Some like I mean, I don't want to hold anyone's religion against them, but at the end of the day, like if you lose two years of that rookie contract or your prime, like that matters. Wow, I hadn't thought about that at all, but when you think about a guy like Taysom Hill, he's he's like in his fourth year and he's 30 you know what i mean so that is yeah that's a great point um i hadn't thought about that i mean and, and look I, he may, he, maybe he's not going to and that's obviously a personal decision but i mean the other day though like if i'm an evaluator and i'm, I'm sitting in a room and be like what are the odds he's going to do this it's not zero 
Like, no matter what he tells you, it's not zero. Um, to me, I, I, I'm with you. I think he'd be a late first, early second. And by the way, I think that like after Trey Lance, none of these guys should be mid-first round picks. I, I I don't think Mac Jones should be. I don't think Kyle Trask should be. Um, mm. Right. So like I kind of think that there's always the guy that gets pushed up to be the extra guy. You know, um, EJ Manuel, Jake Ponder, uh, Jake Locker. There's always the guy who gets like the extra quarterback who gets pushed up. Because you're like, oh, I missed out on these big three, but this guy, he'll be fine. He he just will be like the next guy, and then that guy just never seems to work out. Oh, um, Paxton Lynch, <laughs> that guy just never works. Jake Locker's a great, great example of just getting pushed up because he looks like a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, I I watched some. I watched Zach Wilson, and I'm like, is that Jake Locker out there running out running for for his life after like the first instant of pressure? I I yep. just. I'm not a fan. Um, Mac Jones, I, I think he kind of is what he is. Um, I think he's going to be solid. Um, I think if Tom Brady hadn't been a thing in the league for the last decade, he would be going a whole round and a half later. Um, but end of the day, I think people are going to see that comparison. And he's going to go in the late first. He's fine. You're just never going to know if it's Alabama or him until you see it. You could argue it till days and days and nights, but you're never going to really know. Well, you've experienced this as a Notre Dame fan the last couple of years where these teams, the talent in college football is so consolidated now to like three teams that it is bordering on stupid at this point. Alabama, Clemson, like they just have 17 five-star recruits everywhere, you know? Um, so he's playing with... <laughs> you know, two first round wide receivers and John Michi, like we don't know where he's going to go next year. So like he could be throwing to three first round picks right now with Najee Harris as well, who scored 30 touchdowns this year. So, and a great offensive line. I, who knows, right? Like he kind of looks like a backup in the NFL to me right now, like a high end backup or something like that. But I, I mean, I get he threw 40 touchdowns or whatever. So I get you know why people would be high on him but yeah i i'm cautious yeah especially watching tua but a lot of the tua thing was the injury related too there's a reason yeah. why people thought he was going to redshirt this season and just looking at what happened he probably should have just redshirted this season with yeah. the injury um and, and rehabbed um but a lot's not the what route the dolphins decided to go and uh i mean bluntly it cost him a playoff spot if they had just start kept with fitzpatrick that was a playoff team last year so um, obviously super disappointing there. Uh, but yeah, you know, Mac Jones, I, I, I don't really have a strong take. Like if my team took him in the late first, I'd be fine with it. If they took him in the mid first, it'd be kind of like, ugh, whatever. I certainly would rather do it than Zach Wilson, but that's not saying a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah. All right. That's it for the quarterbacks. I mean, there's obviously a ton more, but we'll kind of got you kind of got to see where they land and kind of see how it all starts to shake out. Um, but, uh, Oh, I actually got a text from my buddy who talked about Notre Dame um, who's down at the senior goal in Mobile, and he's like, Ian Book is bad. And I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware that he's not good. But but what does this say about the quarterbacks before him that when he came in, he instantly raised all ships of that offense, right? Like, compared to what it was before? That's why no? people were like, Notre Dame can't compete. I'm like... We're never going to have, like, the skill levels of players of Auburn or Alabama. Like, I get it. A, they're not going to want to go live in South Bend, Indiana. I enjoyed it, but I understand it's not for everyone. Um, I also understand the academic requirements. Not for everyone. But what we can get is a top-level quarterback. And if we have a top-level yeah. quarterback and we have some speed, we can make these playoff games games. We can do it. The defense, by the way, was really good in that Alabama game. Yeah, I know they didn't try in the second half as much, but... It's not like they were just after that first couple drives where they were leaving one-on-one -on -one coverage versus Devonta. Then they stopped that, and it was fine. Like, it was perfectly acceptable. So um, I think if Notre Dame can get an elite quarterback, and we've got a couple coming in that could really be that guy. Um, I, I mean, there's uh, the four-star kid that they would like to hand the reins to, but I think they're going to give Cohen at least a good crack at the start of the year to win that job. But... Mm. I can't, his name's escaping me right now too. I really, this is really gonna bug me. Uh, just, just to go on a little side tangent here, 
when you think back of that offense a couple years ago, they had the horses to win it all. I mean, with with hindsight, we know Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin are absolute freaks of nature um, at the college level and at the NFL level from an athleticism standpoint. That offense was good, you know, other than, well, QB, but um, they have talent on that roster. It's just they can't get over that Clemson-Alabama hump of, okay, they have an NFL team and we don't. Yeah, Tyler Buckner. That's the guy I couldn't think Tyler of. Tyler Buckner, um, okay. Yeah, we beat out Bama for him, which is always nice when you can do that. Um, there you go. Yeah, so, I mean – I just please, please, please don't let have his first start be 2022 at Ohio State. Like, that will not be good. Because uh, by 2022, there'll be fans back. And, uh, yeah, that, that would not be a great plan. So we'll, we'll, next year kind of feels like a kind of, I don't want to call it a rebuilding year, but certainly not a national title team. But yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for 9-3. and three, And uh, we have a brutal schedule once again. People are like, oh, Notre Dame's a play one. Like, get out of here. Uh, it's, it's, it's so absurd. Like, there's a lot of comments. We've definitely like, you know, DM'd talents and whatever, but we've definitely DM'd about this over the years, where it's just like this stuff is so irrational. Uh, it, it's they, just they, that they can't the top be five Clemson. Freaking straight the schedule every year. It's just like, what are you guys doing over there? Like in the SEC, like you guys get to play like I don't know South Carolina, and it's like, come uh, on. yeah, Vanderbilt just gets that's an easy dub nowadays. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I actually am trying to find a tweet. I used to have it pinned where I did the schedule uh, for Notre Dame, like the next five years, and it's just downright ridiculous. Um, it, it's obscene, the schedule. Um, it, it's just, they play like everyone. And <laughs> it's just like, okay. It's like Ohio State, home and home, Texas A&M, home and home, yeah. Clemson. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, I was looking at the schedules and I'm just like, we have no chance. <laughs> like, we have no chance. And so, you know, Notre Dame, like, I'm all for our hard scheduling, but maybe we can make it just a smidge easier than this. Mm. Like, next year we have at Florida State versus Wisconsin versus Cincinnati versus USC uh, and then uh, versus UNC. And it's like, okay, um, those are all going to be top 15 yeah. teams. Great. UNC and Cincy especially are two teams. And I forgot USC. I don't. Did I say USC? We have USC. Too. Yeah, USC. It's like, okay. Yeah. This schedule is brutal. Like, at Lane, at Soldier Field versus Wisconsin, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be. Starting the season off at Florida State, too, it's just brutal because, like, they won't know they're bad yet and uh, they're going to try. <laughs> but you you want to get Florida State after, like, they lose the first couple games and they, like, tank the season. You're getting right. them the first week when they have false hope, not, not ideal. Uh, one bet. Yeah, then 2022 at Ohio State. Was it fun for Notre Dame fans watching them take your your leftovers at quarterback and then seeing him just flail around over there? Oh, it did feel great. I gotta be honest. (laughs) People were like, oh, he's gonna be awesome, he's gonna be great, and then he was just like, no, he's the same guy that I, I saw the whole time. 2022, you ready for this? This is just downright mean. At Ohio State, uh, versus Clemson at USC at UNC or at USC at UNC. Good luck with that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If let me be clear, if they go eleven and one, I don't want to hear any crap about they didn't play anyone. I, I will burn down Twitter. All right. Side tangent done. Let's talk about the running backs real quickly. I do want to spend some time on the wide receivers because um, there's there's some good names. Is there anything really about like? Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, if they go in this role yeah. where they're going to be the – they'll be a top five round in, in your fantasy draft if they are going to be the guy. Um, if they're going to be in timeshares, you'll kind of see them go a little bit later than that. You know, they're stud backs, great teams. What they can do on worse teams, big question mark. But, you know, I, I it's honestly a two-man running back class for me. You actually added a third. I haven't watched any Javante Williams, so you're going to have to tell me what I should like about him. Okay, so – well, number one, your point about – so ETN and Harris were actually my, my RB1 and 2 heading into last year's class, which was pretty good. Um, so I, I was really high on them last year. I don't understand why either of them came back. I thought that was really strange. So maybe the NFL's lower on them than I am, but um, that, that was my take there. Uh, in terms of Javante Williams, I just – he looks like a guy who can – you know, translate this production to the NFL level. 5'10", 220 is what he's listed as. Really great receiver in this 
high high octane North Carolina offense. They actually have a good quarterback. Sam Howell is going to probably be the number one pick next year. So uh, you were talking about playing UNC. That's not going to be any fun. Um, but that offense was really great this year, and and Williams was one of the main reasons why. I really like that he came out, um, had a good year last year as well on a lesser offense. So I, I kind of trust what I'm seeing there. Not an elite athlete like ETN, but um, he is a legitimate RB3 in this class. But, yeah, I, I actually agree with it's a two-running back class. It's not like last year. There aren't five, six, seven guys that are going to emerge. It's it's going to be those two and then maybe one or two pop up somewhere. But, um, yeah. I also think this is why that they might go in the first round. Because there is, like, a major drop-off after that. Yeah. Like, I make fun of running backs going in the first round. I don't think any running back should ever go in the first round. Like, for example, what the hell did the Chiefs get from Edwards Hilaire, by the way? Like, he's been bad. Straight up bad. Like, everyone took him in the first round of their fantasy drafts, and I was laughing at him. Like, he's not that good. They're going to timeshare. And sure enough, he wasn't that good. And they timeshare. That's what they do yep. in Kansas City. Um, I mean, bluntly, Daryl Williams will probably start the Super Bowl. I have to imagine. Like he's been back. I, I will I will keep up for Clyde a little bit. Like age twenty one, if he weren't a first round pick in the NFL draft and and fantasy drafts, he wouldn't have gotten all this shit. But you know, he he had eleven hundred yards in thirteen games. Pretty good for a rookie, just not good for like you said in the first round. If you were a second round pick or a third round pick, like they they could have figured it out, but yeah, value didn't make sense at all. No, not and bluntly. You could have used a wide receiver there to like you know, instead of playing like Sammy Watkins and uh, Ugh, Demarcus yeah. Robinson and Nicole. I dropped the ball when it matters. Hardman. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about wide receivers because uh, if you're looking for one, you're in the right place in this draft class. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle probably all don't get outside the top ten to twelve picks. I would imagine. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. I, again, the opt-out factor for Chase is something I'm tentatively thinking about if maybe he drops a little bit. But based on 2019, I don't think NFL teams are going to be able to to let him drop and try to find him as value. I mean, 1,780 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns in the SEC, pretty damn good. Uh, you know, I just think he looks like a top five pick. He he profiles like a wide receiver that would go, you know, historically in the top five picks, which, you know, career outcomes there are pretty, pretty high end. So I like him. Um, you mentioned Smith. The size thing is really it. Uh, I'm not worried about um, that. I mean, we've seen guys play well, you know, Deshaun Jackson being the main guy. I think Smith can be that type of outlier. Um, but I mean, if he's weighing legit 170 at six one, that you know he is thin. He looks like Paul Richardson. So, um, oh boy, <laughs> he physically he looks like Paul Richardson. Unfortunately, um, but hopefully he gains some weight. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I I just think he's gonna. I mean, it's really kind of a scheme fit for him. Like if he goes to the Jets, I'd be pretty annoyed. Like that's a pretty yeah. solid way to just throw his career away um but if he goes somewhere where he can kind of be all around the field and kind of do what he did the second half of this season for Alabama like that's what raised his stock is that he was inside outside just kind of doing it all um size is definitely a factor but the skill level is just so high so I, I wouldn't be too worried about it is he going to be like the world's best wide receiver one is he going to be Kenny Galladay or Devontae Adams, I don't ever see that at that size. Like, you're just not going to be that guy. But end of the day, though, he'll be worth every bit of a first-round pick. Maybe not a top-five pick, but every bit of a first-rounder. Um, I'll be surprised, like, if he doesn't have a long career. Yeah, that's that's fair. Is So is Chase and Smith close to you? No. I think Chase is just clearly, like, the guy. Like, he's just a stud. Okay. Um, especially watching what Justin Jefferson did this year. And if you go back and turn on the tape, like Jamar Chase was clearly better than Justin Jefferson. Like, was clearly yeah. better. Clearly better at everything. So, like, why would I not... Like, and we saw what Justin Jefferson did in the NFL. Granted, perfect scenario for him to land. But 
I just, to me, the talent level is just through the roof. Like, I, I, I would not want to be a GM who took Smith over Chase, that's for sure. Right. Um, in terms of Jalen Waddell, uh, basically ankle injury cut off most of his 2020 season. Broke out as a true freshman, though, on that Alabama team, 848 receiving yards as a true freshman. You know, with that stacked depth chart there, that that matters to me quite a bit that they would throw him out there and give him snaps. Um, you know, explosive slot weapon is what I would say. He can go deep as well, but I imagine teams will utilize him as sort of, you know, a high, high-end slot. Tyreek Hill um, White is kind of what I would view it. Yeah, it, he's super explosive. It sucks we don't get the combine this year. Pro days, all these guys are going to be in the 4-2s or whatever, but um, I do think he's a legitimate 4-3 guy. Yeah, it's going to be great. Like, everyone's been like, oh, this is the most explosive player ever, and it's like, all right, calm down. Like, remember <laughs> that we don't trust pro days for a reason? There's a reason why the scouting yep. combine came into existence? It's because pro days are very good at manipulating these stats. So, um, and I was listening to um, the the first take pod with Mel Kuyper earlier and Tom McShay, and they're just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to trust any of these, these speed times. Because, you know, they're going to run, like, downhill, the, the max you can run, like, <laughs> into the wind, like, with the wind. And it's just like, you know, like, you can't, like, push it too far, but, it, like, they're going to push it right up to the limit that you can push it. And it's going to be like, all right. Yeah. The self-time 40, and then you press it, like, a five, ten yards before you cross the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh, you released it just a smidge early. And, yeah. Um one wide receiver prospect I do want to talk about, um, Marquez Stevenson out of Houston, um, six foot one ninety. Um, it's interesting. He he's been a huge riser at the Senior Bowl. Um, I liked him beforehand. I I just thought he was a really good player. This year, kind of just a lost season for him. Um, just a really bad team, to be honest. Um, I just think there's a lot of talent here. Yeah, he's a bit older than you would like, but. I've always just thought he was really good. Um, maybe it's my DFS days kind of clouding my judgment a little bit, but every time I turned on okay. a Houston game, it felt like he was making plays. I, I was just going to bring that up. Um, Houston back in the day had some really fun uh, DFS slates. I, I just looked up the quarterback. De'Aaron King, De'Aaron King um, was, was a DFS legend for a few weeks there in, what, 2018 or whatever. Um, Stevenson, I was actually surprised he wasn't bigger. He, he was kind of an outside receiver and, and they used him as a deep threat. Six foot is, is pretty solid, but, um, he plays, you know, it's cliche to say it, but I felt like he played bigger than that when I was watching, um, really, really talented, love the ball skills there. I, I just think he's a complete receiver. Um, love that he's blowing up too. Hopefully he can get into that. You know, hopefully he can get a nice little rookie contract here and make some money. God, there are so many good receivers. I was just scrolling down the list of my receivers. Yeah. And it's just like, I forgot this somehow, Rondell Moore. Like, I love Rondell Moore. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to be like a second rounder now. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, Rashad yeah. Bateman, who before the season was probably uh, going to be like a top 15 pick. Like, he'll probably go in the second round now. Yeah. Um, mistake, by the way, like people. Nice values there. If you can, you know, for dynasty rookie drafts, if you can get Bateman and more at a discount, you know. <sighs> Bateman's like pe- Tyler Johnson went too late. Like, get yep. game on the line. And I, I say this, I had a lot of Tyler Johnson props, so like that holding call was just downright brutal for me. Because mm. if they just let him catch, it, it would have been great. But I just want to point out, Tampa's season was on the line, and you know where Tom Brady went with the football? Tyler Johnson, right? Like, you know, like, if he drops that ball, for example, like, you're getting the ball back, giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, you might not see it again. So, um, I, the trust level's there. I think he's going to have a big role next year. Um, if Antonio can't, Brown can't play in the Super Bowl, I'll be right back on my Tyler Johnson props. I, the game flow was just atrocious. Tampa was playing from in front, which, I have to be honest, I did not see coming. So, um, I, I just think Bateman, again, is going to go too late. Like, he's a die. He's playing when you put up big stats in the Big Ten and you're on a bad team, and this goes for Rondale Moore as well. Like it's because you're good. Like it's not like because of a system. It's because you're good. But Tyler, I mean, there's so many receivers. God, we're gonna be like print. Like there's so many. We could do like a show on Ramon on a St. Brown. 
um, who's like unbelievable, and he's like, "Yep, you're yep. gonna be wide receiver like 12 in this class." Like, <laughs> my God, Nico Collins, another opt out. He's probably gonna get really screwed because he opted out. Yeah, this this class. If you need wide receivers, this class is for you. You want to talk about Sage Surratt? You're not a huge fan. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, I kind of like him, uh, so I'm curious what you didn't like about him. I guess it's not anything. <sighs> I just don't love that Wake Forest system. I feel like um, you can really funnel targets to a few guys there, and they have continued to do that after he's kind of bounced. um, Or not bounced, but he was injured, and then obviously this year um, wasn't quite there. But I don't know. I just just got a a weird feeling about his profile in general. Um, I'd love to see the athletic testing. I guess that's where – I'm unclear on what he is as a prospect or what he what role he's going to be put into. So that's where my hesitance is. I just don't know what he fits into. Is he a Cooper Cup or is he like, you know, an outside receiver? I don't know where he'll be put. So do you have some clarification there for me? I think I'd want him on the outside personally. Uh, maybe a little light for that, but – I don't know. I, I just always like. I thought he was a guy that could go get the ball with two hands and, and really just go for the ball and not try to like let his body catch it. And those are the receivers that I always kind of like to have. Ran good routes too. One of the things that you, you if you've listened to me about talk about, I I care about route running more than anything because that's how you get on the field at the NFL level. If you can't run routes, I want no part of you. Straight up, want no part of you. Um, and, and if you look at the wide receiver busts and, and you look at the weaknesses every time in the draft profile, it's runs poor routes like at this level you cannot run poor routes period you just will not play um i'll tell you what i'm paying for it right now siege uh my my Nikhil harry shares not not working out so well and that was his big issue coming out i thought the yak ability was going to average that out but now he's stone feet as well so um, yeah I, I liked pain. harry coming out too but that's one of the few times i just kind of ignored it and that's the, like the like telltale sign of I also really like the spot. I thought New England was a perfect landing spot for him, too. I really yep. did. Um, quarterback play this year, though, was atrocious. Like, ugh. Yeah. So, it's, that was a four-win team that found a way to win seven. Like, yep. if you remember the like the, the monsoon game, the Raiders were, like, depleted with COVID when they came in. Um, and there's another game they had no business winning that they won. And it's like, that was easily a four-win team. Uh, it's like, yeah, they probably got three extra wins. And as a Pats fan, I'm like, wish we had just gone four and 12. That would have been much better. Thanks. Uh, the seven yeah. and nine garbage just does us no good. Um, the tight end class, I have to admit, I think it's a one man class. Um, mm. I, 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 so I, I know that you are going to disagree with this. I just think Kyle Pitts is a ridiculous freak. Um, I would probably, like, if I was drafting an NFL team, I would probably take him over Devonta Smith. I, I just think he's a big, better freak athlete. Um, yeah, you're probably, he's probably not going to block a lot, but honestly, I really just don't care, right? Um, Mike, he, he he reminds me of a better, a way better version of Mike Isicki. Just, like, way more talented, way better hands, and who the hell cares if he can't block? Just roll him out as kind of like a tight end slot guy and just let him go to work. He's a ridiculous beast. Yeah, Gesicki is is uh actually he's kind of developing. Um and you know, they like you talked about, they don't use him to block much, but he's basically their slot guy now. And he makes some fantastic plays. I, I think Pitts uh clear tight end one. Uh, but I'm a big Pat Fryermuth fan out of Penn State. I, I think he is um I think he would be a clear tight end one in a different class without Kyle Pitts. So that's kind of how I'm navigating this. I do think his stock's going to rise a lot in the next couple of months. Um, I, I just I love that they were using him as a true freshman. I love his receiving skills, his blocking skills. Um, I think he's going to be an every down tight end. That might hurt him early on. We've seen that. Um, the the early tight end year one year two he'll probably be blocking and that'll suck for fantasy. Um, but I think a lot of teams could use him just to overall improve their offense. So I'm I'm really high on him. Um, but, yeah, Pitts. And then Brevin Jordan out of Miami really, 
really like him as well. Kind of kind of a, a, a discount. Probably go in the second or third round, but I really, really like him as well. Yeah, I, I'm a Hunter Long guy. Like I, I think that would be the guy I would just I would probably just like mm. kind of rather take him in day day three, maybe even he might right, call, right. maybe day two. He's just a guy who's gonna catch the ball and, and be super consistent. Um, having a good week at the Senior Bowl, from, from what I've heard um, from a couple of people that are down there, so um, that's nice to see. Um, I don't think though he's gonna like just, he's not a freak athlete, so he's not he's not just gonna fly up the board. But nice day two, day three guy that I think can play right away. Um, I'll have to go back and watch uh, uh, Fairview. I, I gotta be honest, I can't say I've watched much of him. Um, it, it also you, you said Penn State, and I was like, well, Mike Isicki was at Penn State and was really, really good at catching the ball out of Penn State. and I'm just one of Gusecki's biggest fans. I will once again be leading the charge to draft him early in best balls yep. and season-long drafts. So that's fine by me. Um, if somebody wants to sell him at a discount because they think two is bad, fine by me. Uh, I just think he's good. Um, and I think they just decided not to let him block. And honestly, like, that's good for injuries. Like, bluntly, a lot of tight end injuries are when you're blocking on the yep. edge. Um, so... I, I, I kind of like the fact that he's not going to block. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm just a huge, huge Gusecki guy. But I'll have to take a look at Fairmuth. Um, definitely a guy that uh, could be – I mean, you, it seems like you really like him. Yeah, in, in, in the mock draft I made, I had him going 15 to the Patriots. Oh, so that's, now, I'll that's... now I'll definitely have to look. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at. I, I just feel like he has the quick twitch for – 250 260 pounds that that will be you know dominant in the interior so um that's my read right now we'll see um but i, I think he's gonna rise god i i i, I we need to tie it into doing like really badly like i would love I, I was i was kind of in on them like stacking tight ends last year but doesn't seem like it kind of hit so it's hard to know because like what the hell yeah like Cam was so bad as a passer, it's hard to evaluate right. just about anything, you know? Right. So that's probably the hardest part. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position this offseason. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like, I, I still hear they like Stidham. Like, I, I know I'm, I, I became a punching bag for it last year, but I hear they still like him. So, um, you know, we'll see. If Jimmy G becomes available, I think they'll probably just do that. But a um, lot of options there. They have a ton of cap room, too. Like, Last year was a punt season from them. Like, they just punted the season. Like, they didn't spend the cap room. Their guys opted out. They rolled over the cap. They punted the season. <laughs> like, uh, it's really funny. Like, sometimes you can just see these teams and what they're trying to do. And this was just one of those cases where it was pretty clear that, like, they just wanted to punt the season. I don't know. I just wish they had done it with Stidham instead of Cam Newton. But whatever. I, I was, after about week... Uh, whenever Kim came back from COVID, I, I was just like, this can't happen anymore. He's no longer starting caliber. Why don't they just throw Stidham in there? At least he has the arm, you know, and, and they just didn't. So it's, I, it I don't know what that like is. Basically, like before the week 17, like it, Bill Belichick's like, basically he didn't say this, but he basically was like, what's the point? This team is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it was a quote. I wish I could find it right now, but I can't. I probably won't be able to find it on short notice, where it's basically like, we're not going to learn anything from him starting one game. And it's like, right. well, yeah, because this team is terrible. <laughs> um, like, they were just really, really bad. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be intriguing. I mean, if they can get Jimmy G on, like, a cheap deal, they'll probably do it. But I, I think if, like, they just don't get someone on the cheap, I think they'll just spend their money... Uh, fixing up the skill positions on the offensive end. Um, yeah. They, they just need to get some skill at the wide receiver position. And, I mean, good news for them is in this draft class, too. There's They've got some extra thirds, and you're going to be able to get a good receiver in the third round in this draft. So that, that will be helpful for sure. Yeah, this year especially, almost all the juniors actually came out. So it wasn't – there's no – there was no, like, thinning of the herd this year where a lot of guys come back. You know, like, Tylen Wallace is in this class and kind of forgotten about at this point. That dude was prolific, and he ended up coming back, ended up getting – he got hurt, and then he came back. But, um, yeah, everyone came out this year. So this is a pretty stocked wide receiver class. Yeah. 
Awesome. So this is a preview pod. Again, it's brought to you by the Elite Sports Betting uh, Network. Uh, check us out, Fantasy Guru, Elite Fantasy as well, all part of that same under umbrella. Uh, we're going to have a ton of in-depth draft coverage kind of once that season clicks. But i got to be honest, like it's already February. It's not that far away from like my first Dynasty rookie drafts are uh, like six weeks away now. Um, so, and I, I've got, I am in a real be- rebuilding stage. So this is why I'm kind of getting down this road. It's like, okay. Uh, cause we do our rookie drafts before the NFL draft. So you, mm. you're betting on talent and, uh, yeah, it's going to be nice. Uh, super flex leagues. I got, I'm getting Trevor Lawrence in one and then, uh, there we go. Yeah. Tank my tank for Trevor. Uh, after like the first three weeks of the first season, it was pretty clear that like I needed to tank for Trevor. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, I, I, I used a high high dynasty, like uh, Jameis Winston. I was convinced he was going to be the guy, and he threw like 30 touchdowns and then got badged for Tom Brady. Great. Thanks. So uh, Yeah, I, I was uh, forced into some rebuilds. Todd Gurley basically um, doing the, the AMC stock today. He, uh, he really killed me. <laughs> it kind of just <laughs> evaporated on me. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, just uh, – Poof. Oh, man. God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the good news is, like, I have some core players, um, but uh, I, I, my first, it was the first season of the the Dynasty League that Matthew Barry's in and uh, Scott Barrett's yep. in, and uh, it's, it's it's a really competitive one, but it was pretty clear right away I needed to trade, so I traded, like, Tyler Lockett and Travis Kelsey for an armada of picks, and I've been just trading every year to someone who will be like, hey, I'll give you a first for my second. I was like, well, this team's not going anywhere anyway, so sure, there you go. Yep. I'll take a future first, and uh, we're going to have to do this the long way. But it'll be nice. Uh, I finally finished a rebuild in my first Dynasty League, and then uh, uh, it's a best ball Dynasty League, so that was nice, and uh, took home the title, so that was fun. So Nice. I always best ball me. Dynasty I had no wins. Business, had no business. It was clearly the second best team, but the week it mattered was the best team, so that was the that was nice to see. Boom. Yeah, it's always – I mean, it was just one of those, one of those weeks, but, uh, yeah, like – a lot of things didn't go my way because, you know, like, for example, like, I have McCaffrey, and he was, like, out the whole season. Uh, Joe Mixon, like, out the whole season. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. David Montgomery came through for me. Who knew? But uh, <laughs> at, he was, like, my RB4. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's my RB4, like, heading into the season. And I was like, well, all right, I guess I'll be fine. And, like, he was my RB1, like, the only running back I had healthy in the finals. It was, uh, yeah. Wide receivers, though, very nice uh, Godwin, Evans, Hill, Hopkins. So, yeah. Oh, wow, Tyler Lockett. There you go. Forgot Tyler Lockett. So, yeah, it's a pretty loaded squad. But, um, oh, yeah, rebuild. rebuilds are fun, let me tell you. They are fun. You get to draft rookies every year. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting some – I'm looking forward to get some wins. I, I, I've done uh, – next year need to get some wins. The taking was fun this year, but uh, trying to get some wins on the team. Hey, that's what I mentioned before we get out of here. I know I just ran it for four minutes. I love it. I'm a dynasty guy, so I, I love all this dynasty talk. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more into this in the coming weeks. But, uh, yeah, this was really fun, Siege. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back next week. Week uh, Episode 21, we'll be talking about with Ricky Sanders the last two weeks in the NBA. And it's been crazy. So buckle up. I'm sure that'll be another great episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe, like, Leave a five-star review. Really does help us out a lot here at the Siege Mentality Podcast. I appreciate it. For Russell, I'm the Siege. We'll see you next week.